You know what's better than a tripod? A quad pod. Isn't that just a table? Wrong. It's a quad pod. Talking sports, pop culture, food, and uh, more sports. Unofficially brought to you by KSRO and North Bay Biz Magazine. It's the quad pod with Jeff Woodworth, Mike DeWald, Luke Straub, and Frank Sumrall. I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole last night and or yesterday afternoon. So at the start of this pandemic, a lot of people were probably looking up like workout routines and whatnot and, and exercises that you could do from home or, you know, you kind of look to the, the, the virtual fitness influencers during this time. Well, within that world are a bunch of naysayers and conspiracy theorists. So nay. One one guy, for example, his name's Jeff Cavalier. He does Athlean X. He trained guys like Antonio Brown and whatnot. Red he line. has he has these videos, you know, that, that cover everything. And he's been doing they've been doing videos for years. And this guy comes out and is just like, oh, Jeff Cavalier's using fake plates. He's using fake weights in his videos. And it's crazy because these people are like jacked. They're stupid jacked and in great shape. So I'm just like, why would you need to use fake weights in your videos? You know, so. He posted a picture, uh, within the video, he posted a picture of these fake 45-pound weight plates that these kids are holding, and then cuts to a portion of the video of this Athlean X guy using the what appears to be these plates. So he's got two real plates on his bench press, but he's got two or uh, four four plates, four fake plates on, two on each side. And he goes, he was doing the math, he's like, if you look at this, uh, Jeff's bench would be 350. Uh, 25 pounds right now but a year ago and he goes back to a video of him doing a bench press video he's like he could only lift uh three or do three reps of 225 there's no way that within a year he's increased his bench press by like almost 100 pounds and he just went on like this diatribe of just like how it was like oh my god and then showed him a video of like him saying how to do a proper bench press and then within the video of him the most recent video of him benching with the fake plates he's not even following his own advice from the video (laughs) that he previously posted yeah, so it was just funny to watch that. And then I've seen plenty of other videos where people, they do things like the wall sit challenge where they put these 45 pound weight plates on and they're just like, oh yeah, we could do a wall sit for 30 minutes with these weight plates on. And yeah, they, they do like these wall sit videos where they put these fake plates on their lap and then they just sit there for 30 seconds or so. And they're just like, oh yeah, add another plate, add another plate, add another plate. And these people come out and they're just like, no, nah, those are those are fake weights. So I just got lost in that subsection <laughs> of YouTube of wow. the fitness influencer who's telling you how to live your life and, and be healthy and all these exercises that I guess if you do on your own, they're pretty good. Like I've been following some of them. I think I'm looking better. But I don't understand why if you're that cut it or that cut it, if you're that cut <laughs> and that shredded, why you would need to resort to using fake weights. And so that's the YouTube rabbit hole that I fell down. Uh, there's so many different ways to go with this. I mean, that, you know, A, wall sit, I recommend it for everybody. I used to, I used to hate doing that. And not plyometrics. Practice. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, B, uh, I, I, my, my top reps at 225 is 12 uh, when I was in high school. Oh, oh, in high school. Okay. Yeah. I was going to be like, now? Hell no. Look okay. At me. Now? Shadow of my former self. Uh, also, I don't know about you guys, but back in the day when I lifted weights, were, were, were the numbers always in? 
I'd always have the numbers facing in, but anyways, that's just... Is that how you could hide what you were benching? I don't know. It was just like, some, some, for some reason, the coaches just had but to But they're all that. different sizes. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, so people would still know, but are you doing it for like your own thing? So instead of like when you, people walk by, oh, he's only got a 45 and a 25 I on never there, knew why. It? That's just like the coach told me to do that. I'm like, okay, coach. Point him inward? Yeah, hmm. I don't know. So that's that, interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Hmm. Still don't. Maybe your coach was just looking out for you. It's just like, you know what? Kid's only doing, he's only doing 225 12 times. Yeah, right. You should probably turn those numbers in on the weights. That way people, you know, you don't embarrass yourself, kid. I could use some steroids. That's a weird millennial way of cheating. Usually I'm just thinking of steroids. Usually fake weights. And now they're, now yeah. they're like faking weights. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like hey, oh, it's just steroids. Okay, I'm sure. going to use real weights to get in shape. But then when I go to videotape myself and demonstrate this to you, I'm going to use fake weights because. And this guy's a YouTuber? I don't know why. It wasn't just one guy. See, that's the thing. There's a bunch I, of guys doing this. It was, it, there's multiple videos of multiple guys being accused of using fake weights. The only example that I used was the, the fake bench press and the wall sits because those were the two that stuck out to me the most and, because um, I was just like, wow. Is these guys like a subgenre of YouTube? Like these workout guys? Well, they're in the workout sector. So yeah. like you have, you, you know how you have the different areas of YouTube that you can go where it's just like, oh, this is music video YouTube or like, hey, this is conspiracy theory YouTube. Like <laughs> yeah. this is, you know, all the that stuff. Section of I went to fitness YouTube and then within fitness YouTube was a whole committee, a subcommittee of conspiracy theorists, <laughs> YouTube, fitness community YouTube. It was wild. It was, it was wild. Because it'd be, uh, be interesting how popular they are. Solid yeah, where they need minutes. to feel they need to cheat to keep that popularity up. Oh, right. Like, to have that growth over a year. And then someone can call them out like... Oh, man. They're probably giving even more hits to make some more that, money. That exactly. fitness in, influencer's YouTube channel just got 15,000 more subscribers than me. I guess you I need to fake... You know they're comparing to each other. I, need, I guess <laughs> I need to fake yeah. my deadlift by 50 pounds so I can get those <laughs> those subscribers back. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Plus, I, uh, It makes sense to me because if I was someone watching that and this guy was increasing by this much over the course of a year, I'd be like, whatever he's doing is doing right. Because yeah. I want to increase that fast in a year. The well, whole point of working out is to do it as fast as possible. I will follow this. So yeah. you have the biggest gains in the least amount of time. I will follow this man religiously. Uh, that's an interesting interesting workout philosophy. That's like, all right, we got to do What's the these, wrong workout yeah, philosophy? Yeah, these, we got these six workouts to work just do them as fast philosophy. as possible right now. Yeah, get it over with. No, I would look at it from when I watch those videos, I'm listening to not only, or I'm not only seeing how jacked somebody is, I'm not just going to go listen to some muscle monkey, you know, who's We're just like. We're not talking about a gym pro like you. I'm not saying I'm a gym right. pro. Mr. Woody, we're talking <laughs> your about. Your words, not mine. Your 15-year-old schlob in high exactly, school trying that to schlob, cut. That schlob should be listening to what they're saying too, because you want equal parts of Hulk, but you also want equal parts like, hey, this is why your body's going to be doing this, because a lot of those guys, that's how they can distinguish themselves, is they try and they throw big, uh, big, you know, medical terms at you and, and name everything by its proper muscles. It's like, how about you just tell me that I'm doing a bicep curl and that the bicep is two muscles? That's why it's called bi. Whoa. And we're trying to work this one. You know, it's just like, come on. Mind blown. Well, I maybe you would know the guy's name. Uh, I saw on some so social media he was coined the strongest man, <laughs> and because he could do like. A ridiculous amount of hours of like pull-ups pull yeah, like I, that. I saw that somewhere on the web I, I somewhere and, and he had this story and um, he was black and so he was talking about you know Black Lives Matter as this guy and his story but I'm looking at him and I'm like you're in good shape, yeah. <laughs> but you're not like Mr. Universe right. that's <laughs> interesting no, yeah. that this guy's coins like the world's strongest man it's just you know he's defined super well, but he's not like we need to get him in the world's strongest well, man contest. If you're going based off of plyometrics and like your ability to just like 
gymnast strength is really what it is. Like, because a gymnast is stronger. I mean, I, there's there's bodybuilding and weightlifting strong, and then there's gymnast strong. Yeah, I think that guy's the one at the gym. The, the also dude, old man strength. No, which is which is a combination of the two. <laughs> Powerful <So>, strength. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that's real. your gymnast strength is <laughs> something that everybody should achieve for because that's not only just control of your own body. That I mean, that's also being able to have your muscles work and endurance and all yeah. that. It's not just three reps. It's mm-hmm. like this guy can in do it fact, for an hour. In fact, if you took a pound of bodybuilder muscle and a pound of gymnast muscle, I bet you there would be differences in the density. It would take less gymnast muscle to fill up. You, you, now you think of yourself, muscles, muscle. I don't know. <laughs> How are you I, getting these pounds? I don't know. What do you mean? These pounds of muscles. Well, obviously they, they <laughs> die. And then you, you <laughs> Who's letting you into these Sacrifice rooms? and then you no. cut off a, a pound of the, of the muscle. No, but I'm just saying like, it would, to me, it'd be like the difference between like you know, grass-fed versus organic steak, not like prime or or just regular USDA grade beef. Like, no, this is going to be very lean muscle, and your I just I'd imagine just your stringy and tough. Yeah, I'd imagine Maybe your not. gymnast muscle would be even leaner. No, save that comment. Yeah, no doubt. I cut that out. All right, my name is Jeff Woodworth. I'm joined by Mike Dewald. Hi, Frank Sumrall. Howdy, and Luke Straub. I'm back, baby. In person for now. No doubt. For now, thank you very much. All right. Well, we're doing a different way. He's on each time. Yeah, there you go. About that's that. good, yeah, like You're going to have to guess <laughs> how he's from the other. <laughs> yes, next time, he's just going to be at a studio on the other side of the of the building. Right. I'll just, just, yeah, I'll yell. I'm waiting for the one where we fax. Connected. That's what I'm waiting for. Where he faxes his responses. <laughs> fax in Morse code. <laughs> I look forward to this. This is good. All right, Frank, I'm going to let you take it away from here. You have a metric because you went all analytical on us. I did. Um, you were goofing around on my desk, and we were doing this for about a half hour. Uh, this was the NFL quarterback GOAT index that I made in college. <laughs> um, give me four minutes to explain it. It takes a bit. Here we go. This is going to be good. All right, here's the timer. <laughs> there are 24 categories I came up with to evaluate a quarterback. Uh, these categories have all been used for debates of why which quarterback is better than the other. Four categories are raw stats. You have your yards, your touchdowns, your completion percentage, your passer rating. Four, the same stats in the postseason. Four are for accolades and awards. Six are for winning, regular season wins, win percentage, playoff wins, playoff win percentage, etc. Four are team help, the help you've gotten from the rest of your team. And there's a bonus, too, for comeback wins and game-winning drives. For the statistical categories, your yards and touchdowns, this is a key difference. It's not just a ranking of the most passing yards or touchdowns of all time. That wouldn't be fair to the growth of football over the generations. Mm -hmm. The stats are based on a certain quarterback's percentage over his average competition for their career. Ooh, spicy. Guys, it's really nerdy. (laughs) Super nerdy. Uh, Example, (laughs) Peyton Manning. It's an algorithm. Peyton Manning threw for 5,477 yards in 2013. Oh, Peyton Manning's the example. Um, Surprising. The average quarterback threw for 3,770. Bye-bye. So that means he was 145% over the competition that year. Dan Marino in 1984 threw for 5,084, and the average was 3,300. That equates to 155%. So it's a higher percentage than Peyton Manning, despite the lower numbers. That's how you can compare mm-hmm. the gaps of the decades of how football has changed. I like that part. That's cool. For the rankings, since I got 20 Hall of Famers soon to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks on this list, you can't just plop them down and assign them numbers, one, two, three, four, et cetera. 
Uh, for example, Tom Brady has nine Super Bowl appearances. No one else is really close. Otto Graham has six when he played in the NFL. United has five. Montana, Manning, Staba, Kelly have four. So Graham being ranked number two wouldn't be right because there's such a gap between him and Brady compared to him and Unitas. So they're put on a curve. Oh. The highest ranked player ranks number one, the lowest ranked number 20, and everyone else is on this curve of where they would be plotted in. So actually, Otto Graham, despite being the second most in this category, comes in at 7.38. Hmm. Does that make sense? What? Uh- that, that part I got a little a little bit sideways on, but it, it, we can go over it. Yeah, um, because you can't have them just plotted in one right. through twenty, because the differences in each. We're talking about like the the sun is is so far away and it, compared to all the planets, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, this so is why compare? Yeah. Um, some people like yeah. if you are very close to each other are going to be within one, and mm-hmm. some people are going to be a greater. Like there is a gap between Brady and Graham. That's 6.38. Word. And then the last part of this index is the most fun. Woody, you were doing this for about a half hour with me. Um, You put in (laughs) weights to find out which statistical category of the 24 you find important. But that's you. You personally find important. Yes. Uh, So generally (laughs) there's a one in five scale, uh, five being the most important, one being the least important, and you rank these categories. If you don't like a certain one, I know, Woody, you didn't like passer rating, amongst other things. You just put a zero. You just throw it out. You don't need to use all 24 of these. You can if you want. You don't have to. And then you get it. You get your list. And you find out who is the greatest in terms of your opinion. What it do, baby? If Peyton Manning's number one, this this, this list doesn't count. (laughs) Well, we'll have to find out. (laughs) It's up to you. There was only like one or two different ways that you could come out with Peyton Manning on top. Okay, okay. That is not true. Okay, so I, I was okay. Yeah, uh, tell me, tell me more. So it, it's we're gonna go through this then. Excellent. All right, we'll go through this. We'll spend some time goofing around with this. Woody, do you want to kick us off with your weird list? No, you don't want to. <laughs> Negative. Just play Tony Allen defense right there on this segment. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I, I feel like we're gonna end up with Jamarcus Russell. Oh, that's a low blow. That's what that's what Woody wanted me to do. He wanted <laughs> me to. Make, he was like, do the same thing, but just do it for all the shittiest quarterbacks. Yeah, all the bad quarterbacks. I need to find out who is the worst quarterback of all time. Who cares oh. about the best? Just Minimum 100 worst. snaps. Yeah. Jay, all right, go ahead. Jay, Jay you want to you wanna run yours? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you think of passing yards? Uh, what did I say the other day? Three? I think you said two. Yeah, let's go two. Uh, touchdowns? Five. Yeah, you're a big touchdown guy. Completion percentage? Need to put points on the board. Five. Ooh. Need to complete passes. Uh, passer rating? I don't understand it. Zero. <laughs> uh, Pro Bowls. <laughs> Zero. All pros. Three. MVPs. Two. Uh, MVP votes. One. One, 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 one. Two, uh, one, 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 one for the MVP stuff. <laughs> for both? Two, one, one? Yes. Oh, so no. no two. Call before you dig. There is that six, one, one. Uh, win that? percentage in the regular season. Uh, two. Uh, playoff wins total. Three. Super Bowl wins. Four. Four. Almost heard that five. Super Bowl appearances. Four. Okay. Uh, Now, this is the the team help. So, what was the average defensive rank for the quarterback? Like, what was the average rank of the defense that was playing for him? Yeah. Throughout his career. Hmm. Which would lead to the Jameis effect where you're probably playing, you know, you're, well, no, Jameis brought it upon himself. So this depends on how much you're coming back from. It's the Philip Rivers thing. Yes, there we go. Very good one. All right. I'm going to say three. Okay. Uh, 
teammate Pro Bowls collective? Zero. Oh. Uh, no, I take that back. Take that back. Well, yeah, no, the, zero, the Pro Bowl zero. If it's an All Pro question, that's a three. All Pro three. three. Yeah. And then collective Hall of Fame years with teammates. I mean, and coaches. I guess that plays a part. So three. Okay. And then you want we're gonna do the stats for the playoffs. So playoff yards. Important. Yeah, two for the regular seasons, four for the playoffs. Yeah. No, nope, nope, still two. Still two. T- playoff touchdowns. Five. Uh, playoff points. completion percentage. Five. Playoff passer rating. Zero. Okay. <laughs> Getting down the last couple ones. I don't understand it, so I don't uh, need to worry about it. Throw it out. Comeback yeah. wins. Regular season and post. Zero. Uh, game winning drives. Five. Damn. Playoff win percentage. Comeback wins involves your, your defense. True. Ooh, playoff win oh, percentage. I like it. Four. And then last one, total regular season wins. To two. Two. All right, here two. we go. How high is Big Ben for you? <laughs> Calculating in my head. Yeah, we, we, we saw this already. Brady. Yeah, of course. It's Brady by a pretty good gap for you. Good grief. Uh, you got Manning oh, that's two. Gotta make, oh, that's got to make you sick, Jeff. A little bit. Yeah, that's hilarious. They're like tier one. <laughs> Tier two for you is Breeze is third. Drew Breeze is Christ. There we go. Over Montana, and then you have Favre. Oh, God. That's tier two. Brett Favre. Tier three is Otto Graham. Aaron Rodgers, who you don't think is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't. Dan Fouts. Dan Marino. We have to talk about that. Roger Staubach. And then tier four, kicking it off is Big Ben at 11. There you go. Uh, Steve Young, John Elway, uh, Johnny Unitas. Then you have Jim Kelly. And then towards the bottom here, your last five are Tarkenton, Aikman, Moon, Namath, and your very bottom is Philip Rivers. Well, it really, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Uh, that's great. I like Warren Moon though. There's certain guys that I just have the that I'll just absolutely interject bias for and just be like, no, 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 they need to. They were a good quarterback, but yes, judging by my own metrics uh, or what I feel is important. You, ready? you want to give this a go, Luke? Big ben yeah, was yeah, beneficia- it. it was a beneficiary of his defense in in those Super Bowls. I ain't gonna lie. Well, and what hurts him, too, is he had some really bad playoff games. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, if we it's want to edit out the, the the plotting the numbers, we can. Oh, you're fine. It's up to you. Luke, you ready? I am ready, except I need one thing for clarification. Yes. It's w- one through five, of course. Five uh, being the most I important. I mean, that. you can put whatever you want. I just decided one through five is the easiest. Great. Yeah, it works for me. Five is the most important, of course. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready to go. Uh, all right. Passing yards, regular season. Uh, give me a four. Four. Uh, same thing, uh, pa- passing uh, passing touchdowns, regular season. Four. Uh, completion percentage. Three. And then passer rating. Two. So you understand what that is. Nice. <laughs> uh, Pro Bowls for <laughs> the quarterback. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Pro Bowls, zero. I like Jeff's philosophy there. Uh, all pros. Uh, give Both me a, first and second team. I didn't just do first team. It's cool. It's cool. I understand. Uh, give me a five on that. Uh, MVPs. Five. Uh, MVP votes. Eh, I got two. All right, Derek Carr's going to take a hit there. Uh, win <laughs> uh, percentage. Good. Um, win percentage. In the regular season. In the win. Oh, that's a, that's a, give me a five, man. Just win, baby. What? Just win, baby. Uh, playoff wins total. Um, total playoff wins. Two. Uh, Super Bowl wins. <laughs> uh, five. Uh, appearances. F- uh, four. And now here we're getting to the team help. Right. Average defensive rank the quarterback had throughout his career. You know, this is so, I mean, I'm just going to embrace the, uh, the science here and give, give me a five on that, dude. Ooh. Five? Yeah. Uh, teammate Pro Bowls. 
Uh, teammate so Pro how many Bowl, zero. Zero. And you got Trent All Elford, pros. One. Five. Okay, we're going to stick with that. Yeah. And then collective years you played with a Hall of Fame teammate or coach. Hall of Fame teammate or coach. Give me a four. And then we're getting to the end. Playoff yards. Uh, two. Touchdowns. Total? Uh, this is playoff touchdowns. Okay, playoff touchdowns. You know, okay, uh, can I change my last answer? Yeah. Can I get a three on that one and a three on this next one as well? No, it's like chess. Once you move your hand off the PC, you can't change anything. <laughs> uh, playoff completion percentage. <laughs> uh, um, four, three. And then passer rating. Um, two. And then last four, uh, comeback wins. Uh, like a one. Wow, you guys don't like those. It's yeah. because uh, it involves the drives. defense, man. <laughs> what was that last one, Frank? Game-winning drives. One. What? Wow. Are you serious? Whoa. Playoff win percentage. <laughs> no, come on. Are you are you serious? All I hear is Derek Carr. How because great he, he is hasn't because he hasn't done anything on the comebacks. I mean, come on. It, it's it's your ability to put your team in a in a position to win the game. But you're already also in the position where you're losing the game. No, no, no. A game-winning drive the, 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 A game-winning game drive does not automatically infer that you are losing the game. It could be tied. You could be doing what Brady did in the Super Bowls and leading a guy down to f- kick the field goal. Uh, the whole game counts, not just the last part. Okay. You know, but enough. I to- totally hear you. See, then with this, you get to argue about which ones these That's are what I'm important. Your metric, <laughs> your metric there is whack, but go ahead. Uh, playoff win percentage. Uh, playoff win percentage four. I and like then that. last one, and both. what? Total regular season <laughs> wins. Uh, total regular season wins. Give me a five, man. Okay. That matters. Let's yeah. check it out. Hey, cool. You got Peyton Manning at the top. Oh, of you. no. Throw it away. Where's Carr? Uh, Brady's second. Those two are ah. usually alone at the top. Hey, wait, wait, hey, hey, I like that top two. Interesting for you. Out, yeah. Otto Graham is the third greatest quarterback in your opinion. Wow. This is the best, best input of all time. <laughs> uh, Joe Montana's fourth. Yes. Uh, just is, like you and Woody. This is, list is getting older it's and like older. It's like a throwback list. Yeah, really yeah, crazy. Uh, Favre. Oh, my God. Oh, Favre? Breeze. Hey. Rogers at seven. Marino at eight. Staubach mm. at nine. Steve Young at ten. Mm, yes. Fouts at 11, Elway at 12, Roethlisberger at 13, two mm-hmm. under Woody. The disrespect. Tarkenton, and then you're stuck with their bottom five, Kelly, Namath, Rivers, Aikman, and your worst on here, Warren Moon. Uh, sorry, Warren. I like I like Warren Moon. Wow. But uh, I mean, he was had a hell of an arm, never did much. But uh, I find it interesting that Roger Staubach was so high on these lists. Um, he comes he never in. did much. He's the only actor, the only player to be in the Canadian Football League Hall of Fame and the <laughs> NFL Hall of Fame. Well, what did he win though? Never did much. He won five Great Cups. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. He, speak, speaking of coming from behind, <laughs> he's the greatest Canadian football player, and he is in the NFL Hall of, of all time. I mean, yeah. I, but what what did he, what did he do? Like, I, mean, I have talk, to pull up Warren Moon's. Yeah, yeah I mean, he did that's not. I think he won two playoff games in his career. I know. Like, come on now. Oh, well, um, some of that's on the team. Some of that's on the team. Come on now. Interesting note about Staubach. He is ranked number one on here for playoff passer rating. So yeah. he does have like a number one rank in something. That makes sense. Navy. DeWall, you want to give it a whirl? I'm ready. Let's we'll see yes. if we have a time. It's gonna be All great. right. Uh, regular season yards. You have a bill on here. Oh, for Jim Kelly. Let's see how high you can get him. Also, <laughs> you have bill. two two niners. Regular but. season yards. We're gonna go three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, touchdowns. Also three. Uh, completion percentage. Five. 
Wow, you guys love your completion It's because percentage. you got it complete passes. I understand that there I might see, be three-yard dump-offs. I don't dump care offs, if but... he's 10 for 20 for 300 yards or 15 for 20 for 300 yards. <laughs> I, I, could, I understand that, but I also want to make sure that... And never mind, keep going. Uh, passer rating. That's pretty good. But Which one? Uh, regular season passer rating. I can go four. Yeah, all right. Cool. It's a, it's a nice metric. It's not perfect. It's a metric inside look at, of a look metric. Look at DeWall. <laughs> Dinks, he, he Career Pro Bowls. He understands all the metrics. <laughs> <laughs> We're sticking with zero on that one. All right, well, you Pro Bowls are not important. Think of Jim yes. Kelly. Let's get <laughs> him in the Jim. top ten. Uh, all pros. One. <laughs> all right, you are thinking of Jim Kelly now. Uh, MVPs. <laughs> oh, no. Two. Wow. Oh, you are thinking of him. Oh. MVP votes. <laughs> Three. Uh, okay. Uh, win percentage regular season. Three. Uh, playoff wins total. Two. Uh, Super Bowl wins. Two. Nice. Super Bowl appearances. <laughs> That's a, five. That's, a, that's a five. five. <laughs> Let's go. Defensive rank. Uh, four. Uh, teammate Pro Bowls. Zero. Uh, all pros. One. And oh. collective Hall of Fame years. Team and coach. Oh. Ooh. I counts. Yeah, Mar Levy. Oh. Mar Levy is his coach, right? Yep. The great that's Mar in Levy. there. I put Bill Belichick for Brady, even though he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. He he'll get there. Did you put three? Down, yeah, did you put down Cower and Tomlin for Roethlisberger? I did not put Tomlin yet. Wow. I put Cower. Uh, wow. Three for that three. I don't think he's Hall of Fame, Jeff. What? It's Tomlin? Okay. He might be. It's Aaron Rodgers is the Hall of Fame Dungy, quarterback, Dungy but Mike Tomlin's well, the Hall of Fame coach. Get out. Uh, of here. Playoff passing yards. Three. And playoff touchdowns. Two. Playoff completion percentage. Five. Consistency. Uh, playoff passer rating. Four. Okay, so you made playoff touchdowns a two. Your regular season touchdowns a three. Yes. Okay, you're good with that. He's down. Comeback wins. Uh, we'll go four. And game-winning drives. Four. Four? That's a four Playoff win percentage. <laughs> three. And last one, total regular season wins. Three. Okay, let's check you out. And number one, Jim Kelly. Peyton's number one for you. Of course it is. Oh, man. Brady, very close. Number two. A hundred uh, wow. points behind them. So tier two is Montana, <laughs> Breeze is four, Autograms five, Favre six, Starbuck seventh, Rogers eighth, Marino nine, Fouts ten. Hmm. Uh, you have Unitas at eleven, Steve Young at twelve, Rafflesburg at thirteen. Just like uh, there we go. Luke over there, Elway Getting at fourteen, the Moon at fifteen, Tarkenton sixteen. Jim Kelly, there 17. <laughs> and then you're stuck with Aikman, Rivers, and Joe Namath oh, at the bottom three. I'd like to do a callback real quick to the the contributions of Warren Moon to the game of football. Yeah, like a nine-time Pro Bowler, 1998 Pro Bowl MVP, first-team All-Pro in 90, the NEA NFL's Most Valuable Player in 1990, the NFL Offensive Player of the Year in 1990, AFC Player of the Year in 1990, NFL Man of the Year in 1989, two-time NFL Passing Yards Leader, 90-91, NFL touching, or Touchdowns Leader, 90. <laughs> His number one is retired with the Titans. He's in the Titans Oilers Hall of well, Ring of Honor. He got the Bart Star Award in 94. And in the CFL, he won five great cups, two great cup MVPs. He was the most outstanding player in 1983. Okay, okay, I'll walk it back already. Thank Jeez. you. Okay. And he's a Pac-8 um, co-player how, of the year back in 77. However, I heard... However. I mean, I, well, I heard one All-Pro. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear anything much about playoffs, even though I maybe undervalue that in my algorithm input. He had the <laughs> fourth worst ranked defense on this list. Oh, that's tough. Uh, I mean, Fouts like is, I said, Fouts uh, is number one. One could argue that Warren Moon 
was the Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Rodgers, Ooh. right? And so if we're if we're gonna say that Aaron Rodgers should no. be in there, what? You would lose that argument. Are you talking? Are we gonna huh? talk about how you don't think Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback and they rank seventh on your list? We can revisit. <laughs> we, we can revisit that later. It's complicated, so don't. don't hey, sure. Warren moved through one of the prettiest balls I've ever seen. Yes, but we're talking. Look, listen to the names we're talking about here. And and thank you for those accomplishments. I I had forgotten most of that. That was, that, was, that was informative. He had a hell of a year in 1990. If we're, we're um, going to include Pro Bowls in there, we should include Madden covers also. Oh. Who's also is, on Madden covers? I think. Oh, oh, oh you're yeah, saying it's yeah, just as relevant. I like it. I, li- I get it now. I here's get it. a break. Don't disrespect the Pro Bowl. <laughs> for quarterbacks, it's kind of a joke. But for everyone else, it's legit. Like, Darius Leonard didn't make a Pro Bowl, and he was all pro. I it's see, I super take, hard to make I take a Pro more Bowl. value in the All-Pro than I do Maybe. the Pro Bowl. No, absolutely. The yeah. It's hard to make a Pro Bowl unless you're a quarterback. Then it gets kind of mm. cheesy. But for, there's a lot of great seasons you have that you don't get a Pro Bowl in. Just the last five years of throwing the, whole, the Pro Bowl thing off for me, or, or X amount of years where everyone's bowing out, you got replacement guys coming in, uh, and people doesn't, well, don't, even, don't even want to play it. All can, you guys don't need to include it. That's the power of this list. Just put you know, a big I mean, old zero. A, a ideal world, it would mean so more. I did pass rating. No doubt, overrated. Frank, when you when you put rating. your when you put your input in, who did you who did you get? Mine mine comes out. Um, well, I can give you my list. Manning and Brady. Uh, it is Manning over yeah, Brady. Yeah, this was my guy. That's what I got. Uh, Shocker. Yeah. Hey man. I want to. I, I I know how to game the system now, so I, I want to do I want to do part two. You want to do it over again? Well, uh, I, I got I want, I want, Montana <laughs> at third, Favre and four. Breeze is fifth. I think that's the lowest Breeze is on the list here. You guys got him like third and fourth. It's pretty blasphemous, honestly. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, things like Rogers six, Marino seven, Graham eight, Unitas nine, and Elway ten. When I hear Elway's top five, usually, I'm like, kind of roll my eyes. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. Uh, I, I wish Elway. He's great. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, but you're, we, this list is competing the best of the best ever. He usually yeah. comes out in the middle of the road. I, I think he's, yeah, I hear you. I'm a big Elway fan. Cause but I he's got him. that kind of that that lore about him and that, you know, Brett Favre-ness of him. He was like a mobile quarterback. I mean, people forget yeah, that. Yeah, he's incredible. got the iron arm and the, the helicopter and leaving, all that stuff. Leaving the, uh, leaving the X mark on the chest when you even throw the football. Yeah, yeah all that stuff. The legend of John Elway. Donkey Elway. Pardon me. Raiders fan here. Yeah, okay, next time I'm going to get Plunkett on there. Oh. Yeah, I got to add. I haven't added Warner. Um, Eli, I got to add. I mean, I, I would have to, you know. I'll have to look at other guys. Plunkett, doesn't, um, Plunkett shouldn't be on there. Just me. I'll add, I'll add Stabler for sure. Yeah, um, quality, yeah. Might as well, Hall of Famer. And then what's cool about this is you can throw on a current guy. We were talking about this with like Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, and then mm. see where they rank. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Because um, if like if you have Matt Ryan in the middle of the list here, and he's ahead of guys like Elway, it's like oh, then he is a Hall of Famer. Um, Would add to that. But argument. if he's like towards the bottom in that Namath territory, where Namath is more in for the history of the game than mm-hmm. his actual accomplishments, then he's probably not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, let's throw. Uh, who else could? Yeah, let's throw uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah, the, every, that was every, some questionable guys. If you want to put like Carson Palmer in there, just I would almost go. said Carson Palmer. And, you know, I always have a big love for Donovan McNabb. I like to see where he would rank. Da 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 da. da. Put in some elevator music. Na 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 na. You look for We're loading. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I have gone on the record a couple times 
especially on this podcast about college football and just how college sports are kind of treated and viewed and how I have my pretty dug-in philosophy of if you've built your economy around college athletics, that's your fault. You know, you, you as a business person, you kind of, uh, you're aware of the risks in whatever field you're going into, right? You can't sell laundry detergent, for example, and then get mad during this pandemic that people are doing less laundry so they're not buying your laundry detergent. It's like, sorry, you got in the laundry detergent business. Yeah, I don't Why expect- Why would people be doing less laundry? But that's, you know, well, you don't have like a set of clothes at home that you just go home into and you just have like a de facto- Yeah, like, I guess if you're not going out. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, I have a pair, I have I have two pairs of sweats that I rotate, not that I'm wearing obviously right now, but I got two pairs of sweats at home that I rotate at night where I'm just like, these are Absolutely. my- These are my leisure sweats. Like, I'm not doing anything. Like, hand in the pants, like Al Bundy, baby, we're watching, we're watching sports. Like- <laughs> Those are those, <laughs> for a while I was watching late night TV or something gross. <laughs> well, sports are back. Yeah. I don't have to watch those naughty commercials anymore. All right. So it to me, I understand that there's a lot that goes into the economics of college football, but there's these coalitions that are starting to come out that are the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the SEC has essentially all but said, uh, screw it. You know, you're going to, you're going to, we're going to make you play. And you know what? I'm on the side of the players and I'm not saying, you know, that you need to completely hold out and not play. That's probably going to be the only way that you get their, get their attention and that you make a difference and, and have something and enact some change. But take a look at like the Pac-12 football unity, right? I got to bring my computer very close to my face right now to read this. It well, says, it's kind of like your stance right now. It looks like a fireside chat. Yeah, there you go. So it's, uh, it says screen brightness here would be nice it says who the Pac-12 football players only when public announcement Monday August 3rd so this happened what we are unifying Pac-12 football players to opt out of all Pac-12 fall camps and football games until our negotiations with the Pac-12 end how we are publishing a statement of unity and list of demands through the Players Tribune on our social media platforms why why our goal is to obtain a written contract with the Pac-12 that legally ensures we are offered the following protections and benefits and then they're very general Ensure safe, safe play during COVID-19. Where? Fight, fight racial injustice, secure economic rights and fair compensation, protect all sports, obtain long-term health insurance. I think the fair compensation and the long-term health insurance you gotta, you're, you're not going to get. But the, Pac-12, the, the Big Ten players have at least come out, and they've done the same thing, but they've told the Big Ten, hey, we want to work with you on this process. The Pac-12 has come out and said, if you don't give us this, we're just not playing. And while I'm a fan of both sides, I really like what the Pac-12 is doing because they took a look at how Northwestern kind of failed to get the union, their, their student union recognized. And they said, well, it's got to be bigger than one school. It's got to be done through an entire conference. And the idea that these conferences have that they're just saying, oh, yeah, we can make this happen. It's going to work. It is not going to work. The bubble the bubble concept will work, but you, you you can't have these guys traveling. Look what's happening in baseball. Look at how many guys. You have the Miami Marlins. Granted, they're 5-1. and one, That's a great story. Or 6-1 and one or whatever they are. They're going to be playing with double-A baseball players here in a week. 
because they still got guys who are quarantined. Also, you mean you, you hear about the pro players like I think the Cardinals got caught going to a nightclub or something like that. I think casino. Yes, there the, a couple of teams have done that. You're imagining college kids. Exactly, they're going to be even dumber. Imagine what college kids are trying to do in this scenario. Like these so, baseball players are pros with families. Yes, and then not to mention that even a bubble for college football is so unrealistic because think of how many players are on a college football team. You have upwards of 80 to 90. You don't have roster caps, right? You could have 30 kids that are redshirting that year because you have your senior class is so large that this way it's a way to preserve your recruiting class. Not to mention all the assistants, all the graduate students, the trainers, the coaches, all that. You're looking at upwards of like almost anywhere from 125 to close to maybe even 200 people personnel involved in the football program, depending on what school you are. You take into somebody like an Alabama or Clemson, Think, think of how many assistant strength coaches there are or something or some BS like that that they're able to employ and that those guys are around, right? So yeah, it's, it's not a club. It's a business. Exactly. There's a lot and of that's, employees. And that's what's unfortunate with this conference thing is they think that because you're just going to be playing in conference, it's not going to stop the spread of COVID. All right, you have two schools in the Pac-12 that are in Arizona. You have, what, five schools that are in California, mm-hmm. Stanford, Cal, USC, UCLA. And is there one more that I'm missing in California? Maybe it's just four schools. Wow. I might be I might be omitting one one California school. Then you go to Oregon you where get you the got, big ones. Where you got two, you got two up in Washington. Like you have all these different states. The same thing is going to happen in the South too. The ACC's already said they said conference only. You got people ranging from North Carolina to New York and like I was telling Luke last podcast, it's going to be mixing and intermingling from you got the COVID from this state coming into this state cuz you got guys breathing on each other. It's not possible. And so what these kids are doing is they're saying cuz they're kids, let's remember that. We can't pay them because they're kids. But the moment they get in trouble, oh, well, these are grown-ass adults. These men knew what they were doing. No, it's... It, they make them sign you, a contract you where it's can't, like, you're liable for yourself. Yeah, you can't play that both ways. Either they're kids, and we're protecting them, and they're, they're amateur athletes, and they're, they're kids that are amateur athletes, and we need to protect them, or they're grown-ass men, and we're going to compensate them, and then we're going to go out there and force them to play. Because you already heard, Washington State came out and said, anybody that joins this coalition, I'm kicking you off the football team. Yep, and they've since rescinded that and said that's not true. But some of the guys that have joined the coalition said they still don't know if they're on the team or not. Which, I mean, that's the the right that the college football team reserves. But this is going to smoke out a lot of college football coaches, and that I mean, it goes into a deeper conversation that I'm not going to lie. I wish Luke was still around for just that. These kids are not dumb. They want to play football, but they also want to go somewhere where they know they're going to be taken care of. And that's what's at the root of this Pac-12 thing and the root of the Big Ten thing is, hey, how can you ensure proper testing to make sure that I'm going to be okay? You you make all this money off of me. The only reason that we're still going to do this is because it's a money issue. Now spend some money to make sure that I'm okay and I'm safe because I still want to play football, but I just want to make sure that the testing and the protocols of what you're going to make, the, you treat me like a professional athlete everywhere else. Now what is the word on, on protected scholarships? I've, I've heard varying from all sorts of schools that like kids, some are protected, kids some are opt protected. Out? That's totally up to school because there's no governing body. Yeah. The NCAA is just there to make sure that you're not giving a kid a Lamborghini to come sign to your school, which happens anyway. So good job, at NCAA. But there is no, there's no actual commission that can go around and just be like, hey, this is okay. You know, you're, you, it's, it's based on conference, and then you just hope that the conferences have similar have similar ideologies, but the SEC might be a little bit more stringent. Maybe the SEC says, hey, we only need to test them twice a week, whereas the Pac-12 is like, no, we want to be tested five times a week. I'm, because I'm, what happens on Thursday at your walkthrough, and then 
all of a sudden you have Friday or you have Thursday night's test, you have Friday morning's test, Friday night's test, Saturday morning's test, and then you play the game and then afterwards you you, you take another test. Well, what happened? How do we know? How do we know that you're not going to get somebody sick in between in the middle of that? Because then you know what's going to happen is granted you got 100 kids on the football team, but let some of the starters start dropping out and we have to watch the third stringer who was a you know, a last minute third three star recruit signee and he's going up there against other five star D one athletes. Like it's not gonna look good. And that's what's leading me to believe that these universities are just gonna start fibbing and fudging the reports on who tests positive. And also they don't care about the three star athletes. They care about the guys that will be bring in revenue. Exactly. What's the what's the what's the incentive for Trevor Lawrence to even play? This year, we, we, nothing. We know how good he is. Nothing, right? Everyone's going to call him a top five pick. It's, uh, who are the three quarterbacks that they're talking about right now? Trevor Lawrence, the kid from Ohio State, Justin Fields, and Justin then the Fields. one from North Dakota State, the one in D2, who they said is like Carson Wentz in 2.0. I forget his name. But those are the three guys that are bona fide at the start of the year. We're going to be talking about them. Obviously, only two of them can win the Heisman. But those, those are who you're going to be talking about. That's who's going to garner all the attention. And to be completely honest... With everything that they have on tape with those guys, I don't think you need another season to see them, you know, play that no, well. If anything, Trevor Lawrence's stock went down a little bit when he lost to LSU, but people still look at him. You look at like his freshman year, but he did. I mean, yeah. and I understand that he's playing with a lot of talent, but you could say that same thing. That's what I was saying about Joe Burrow about why I think he's going to get knocked up in the NFL. You know, it's because yeah, you're playing with talent, but you were playing with five star athletes in at Clemson or I mean uh, at LSU, whereas now you're going to the Cincinnati Bengals, where they are signing anybody that is dumb enough to come walk through that door. Burrow season spells 1998 Colts. If he wins four games, that's a success. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. If, I'm if not, he does better than Peyton's 3-13 and 13 rookie year, that's a success. But you just have to take a look at where guys are going and taper these expectations of how great they're going to be in the pros. But going back to college, it's not the juice isn't worth the squeeze for these kids because they're not getting any money. So that's why now would be the best reason, now would be the best time to advocate paying for players because... Or yeah, payment for players because you want them to go out there and generate the revenue that you're so dependent on. Well, where's their where's their where's their incentive? What are you gonna do? Take away their scholarship? Oh, that sucks. I'm sure they were hitting the books real hard there when they're spending 25, 30 hours a week at the football facility. You know, like get uh, come on. What are we doing here? That's what I have to say for college. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? What Knuckle are we doing? Heads. Why are we like? I understand that the NFL, the NFL has an extreme possibility of it going on, despite everybody opting out. Which let's not even bring up. Colorado State said, "You opt out, you're off the football team." That's Colorado State. That's I, I know. I saw you. Sorry for raising my voice, but that's Colorado Emphasis, State. Emphasize it exactly. Yeah. Could you imagine what the pressure is at a school that actually wins college football games? Colorado State or has plays a, Colorado games. exactly. <laughs> Colorado State's existence is around so they can lose that game, that rivalry game every year with the University of Colorado. Hold that on, is I want to that look is why Colorado State look up Colorado, Colorado State's State, most successful NFL players. No, just look up their most successful season ever cuz I'd be surprised if this is a football program that's ever won more than 10 games not in an NCAA football franchise. Uh, NCAA football uh, video game franchise, excuse me. Cuz who uh, Colorado State's telling kids that if they opt out, you're off the team. Could They've you won six bowl games. Could you imagine? Yeah, I bet you they were seven and five seasons. But could you imagine what is going on at the bigger institutions? That's why I'm saying it's not It's not even, oh, hey, we're going to hide the fact that we're getting positive tests. It's, hey, if you go out and say anything, you're off the team. They had a great year in 1915. What was it? 
Seven and L. That's what I thought. Yep. Hey, Shaq Barrett is from there. That's cool. He had a cool year. All right. Uh, he's, he's good. We, like we are really talking. We had the 1915 Colorado State. Don't even know if they were the Rams back then. And then you have Shaq Barrett. Those are the are two you, highlights. Are you a big fan of David Anderson, the 251st pick in 2006 for the Houston Texans? There you go. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm asking, right? Is Hold on. I'm going to find someone. I'm going to find someone sick. Who I feel bad for are the kids at Colorado State. But I don't feel bad for the kids who are going to Alabama or Clemson because you are highly after recruits, you will find a nice cushy landing spot. You're going to tell me a school like Baylor out in Waco, Texas, where nobody wants to go to play football, wouldn't be happy to kind of look over at some Clemson four-star prospects and be like, they're not treating you right over there? Come on over here. Come on. Come on. We'll play over here. We'll take you. Like, what? I mean. I think they have one player in the Hall of Fame. Colorado State? Yeah. Hell of a program. Hey, Joey Porter. Hell of a program. Joey Porter's from... Uh, I, yeah, gotcha. But I'm just saying, hell of a program. You have named me three players. Three players and one undefeated season over 100 years ago. <gasps> Caleb Haney. So, four players. So, now we are really breaking some ground here with Colorado State. Uh, does anybody else just not kind of take a look at this and, and think like, hmm, you know, it's kind of messed up. We do. We want to treat them like kids when we don't want to pay them. But then when, when push comes to shove, oh, these are grown men. they got to take the risk. Well, why? Because they got to go out there and fulfill your economy? No, your economy was built on a house of cards. And nobody could predict that, that this was going to happen, that the pandemic was going to happen. But then you kind of look at the chain reaction of this pyramid scheme that you're essentially running. And it's just like, whoop, where'd that money go? Because that's all this is, is just 100% money. And if you're making so much money, you'd like to think that you'd be able to give some to the players in order for the season to continue. What's that face for? Capri Bibbs. The All guy right. from the Washington Redskins story. Uh, there you go. You got He came from Colorado State. You have to supply so much background. That's wild. Context to these When to Jay these names. Gruden benched him and then Alex Smith got hurt, the guy he benched was Capri Bibbs from Colorado State. <laughs> I got to say, I, I retract everything. This place is legit. Colorado State, mm-hmm. tons of history, tons of history <laughs> that walking through history. that that through that program. Another one Hall of Famer was a guy named Jay Christensen from 1950. But that's, I mean, I'm I'm I've there's times where I'm off. I ain't off on this one. No, you can't tell me I'm off on this one. That, that if it's happening to Colorado State, imagine what's happening to all the other programs at all the. And the best part is, is these recruits when they. Because when the coach comes to visit you and sits in your living room and says, hey, I'm going to make you the best man that you can be. I want you to take care of this program. Like, And then you go to campus and you find out that it ain't all that it's being sold out to be. You, you ordered the Big Mac off the screen and look at what the Big Mac that came in the box. Those kids are going to take note. And the power that they have is to ultimately not play. So what are they doing? They're exercising that power. Don't get mad at them. I, again, this is one of those instances where when it only in sports... Do we ever see people side with the with the money machine, whether it be ownership or whatever structures in place, and never, never for the players? And I don't understand it because you will get your money. You will make your money. You just need to make sure that these kids, these kids, or or your money makers are safe to go out there and make you your money. And it doesn't seem like they're prioritizing well, that at all. Part of it maybe too is that they get attached to these schools because that's where they went. So they think the schools are going to be in the right because that's where they went and they think they made a right choice and they don't want to think their school's in that's a bad fo- way. That's foolishness. And it is, but that could be a reason you know, why. And I was joking with one of my good friends on Twitter about this. I saw a picture of the University of Georgia where they posted, somebody posted a picture of the classroom at the University of Georgia and the teacher's desk 
It was just some plexiglass that was mounted to two pieces of wood on the desk. And then they took some painter's tape and pulled it back to like curve it over the teacher a little bit. Yeah, we're so lucky we're not in school anymore. And dude, I'm so, yeah, so fortunate we're not in school. But it's the thing is, is like, so the University of Georgia will say that. Then they'll hit up their boosters and just be like, hey, we come to you with our hands out. We need money to afford these plexiglass screens. Totally don't just disregard the fact that we took $50 million to upgrade our football facility because that's what brings in all the revenue for, for the school. It's just like, well, maybe you do need to cut the programs of sports that don't make any revenue. Maybe you do need to reevaluate where you're spending your money because I mean, it's, it's not like this stuff's going to go away any sooner and let, let a college student die. Let a college student die of COVID on a sports team and huh, Oh my goodness! I can only imagine what is going to happen. And in fact, it'd be, it'll be something. It'll be, it'll be one thing when a professional athlete dies. It'll be something completely different when a college athlete dies of COVID. Or would the school take it more seriously if it's a coach? That's true. What if your your big money coach gets knocked out? Well, that's my favorite thing, right? Is the coaches who are coming out here and they're going, ah, rah, rah. We gotta, you know. We're gonna hit this thing at the tooth or in this in the teeth. It's like no, you're not. You're not gonna fight biology. John Gruden came out and played the okie doke on the on the Raiders. You know, I actually should have brought that up with Luke when he was here. But you know, the this is how we're gonna Luke, Luke, Luke. All you want is Luke. No, well, just, you had him. I'm just saying we I had it for the wrong for the wrong uh, wrong segment. But just on these two topics, you know, with Gruden trying to get his team to take it more serious, like I there's a lot of me to there's a lot of me that believes there's a lot of football coaches out there that don't take this thing seriously, that are buying into the whole it's a hoax theory. Take a look. Ain't too many liberal college football coaches. And a lot of the conservative a lot of the conservative types are the ones that are out here calling it a hoax. You know, you got more basketball coaches that are being a little bit more careful and precautious about it and they tend to be more liberal. I'm not, and that's that's obviously injecting some partisanism into this or whatever that word would be. But just a tad yeah, I know. I understand, and that's a that's a generalization. But at the same time, look at who runs college football programs, and look at the style in which they're run. So a lot of these kids, they feel pressured because now you take, think of a college football coach that has an eye for spotting talent, or or not just a talent, a bot, an undeveloped body. So they come to a high school campus and they go, hmm, that running back's pretty good. Also looks like he doesn't get three square meals a day. Wonder if we gave him three square meals a day, what kind of athlete he'd turn into? Boom! You have the next freak Capri athlete. Capri Bibs. Okay, you have the next. You have the next freak star athlete of your program, right? So now, what are you able to do? You're able to take that kid from that poor background that he comes comes to your program. You're feeding him three square meals a day. You're improving his life, giving him, making him to be a prospect. And then you say, if you don't play, I'm going to send you back to wherever you, wherever I got you from. No more three square meals. That's an intimidation factor on the kid that is ultimately powerless. And this is where I'm saying. I want the kids to opt out, call that bluff on the coach, because if the coach truly cared about his job, he ain't going to let you go because you're you're important to him winning football games, right? And that's ultimately all they want to do. So it's this very messy, convoluted web that ultimately should just result in either A, test the kids every day and let them go out there and play and jeopardize their health, at least you took every precaution that you could, or B, do not play the season. And there's no way that you're going to be able to have this middle ground because you think that you got rid of non-conference games that everything's okay because I've already we've already pointed out that you're still traveling interstates to play conference games. So it doesn't make sense to me. It's all one giant hypocrisy thing. I'd love to really dig deep into 
the cesspool that is college athletics. That doesn't stop me from enjoying things like the Florida Gators. You know, that's yeah, still you're my f- probably the biggest college football fan here. I'm I'm a huge college football fan, and I love watching it. But I'm also very aware. I, I mean, I love the the infrastructure and the setup of it in the sense of like every week matters. You need to win, otherwise your chances at a championship gone. Uh, there's certain things that I don't like about it. Obviously, letting teams schedule their non-conference and all that whatnot. And, and then ultimately football coaches having way too much absolute power, but then being able to turn around and just be like, oh, well, I didn't know. Or, you know, that one got away from me. And then we give them the benefit of the doubt. It's like, well, we don't give the benefit of the doubt to your players when they get in trouble. You know, look it up. There was a running back at the University of Nebraska in, 19, Capri, Bips. in 1970. You don't need to look it up, DeWald. I'm just saying in general to whoever's listening is look up the back ni- checking you. In 1970s, <laughs> there was a running back from the University of Nebraska who got who was convicted of felony robbery and was still allowed to play college football because why? Because he was going to help them win. And we've seen this before in pro football. We've seen it before in college football. So if I'm the college kids, sit out. You have the power. You have always had the power here. The football coach likes to think he has the power, but enough of you, if you get enough of you together and you sit out, what's he going to do? Who's he going to play? He can't play nobody. The only worry about that is if if you're not one of the big names and you're one of the guys that this is your one chance to start, if, if there's incoming people that are rumored to be great, if you're a senior and this is your one chance to shine or whatnot, if your scholarship is not safe, you know, the, the non-Trevor Lawrence's of college football do mm-hmm. have Absolutely. something to be worried about. Absolutely. But it's going to take the Trevor Lawrence's to sit out that would empower those other guys to sit out with them. Obviously, you're going to have a couple that would be opportunists and be like, oh, yeah, I'll step out and this is my shot. It, okay, that's fine. You, well, then we're going to watch lesser football and college football will just suffer as a whole because of it. I'm saying that it's, it's up to the guys with a voice to do something about it. And this is, I agree with what they're doing. I agree with, I like how the Big Ten is trying to work. The Big Ten players are trying to work with the Big Ten. But I also like how the Pac-12 is throwing the ball back into the Pac-12's court and just being like, look, this is, this is how it's got to be. Because you're trying to have college football remain one way when we're watching life literally change and go the other. Have they brainstormed how to play with COVID? No. Or is it just like baseball? Where they're just kind of winging it and people just are wearing masks and no spinning. Just winging right? it because, right? because much, no like, much like baseball where you have these giant rosters so you can do next man up. There will be there'll be football teams that'll say, all right, we can go two weeks without this guy while he quarantines. And then when he comes back and they won't care about the lasting term effects of what's going on here. So and I understand again with professional athletics, that's fine because you are compensating the athletes. My issue here comes with the messy, murky waters that is college athletics to where even if these guys are getting paid their one-time payments of like, you know, six figures where most of that goes to their family anyway. And and then you just get to hold it over. You just get to hold it over them. And I don't like the absolute power that there is in college athletics. And I hope that COVID really helps bring about some, some change in all this crap. Some breaking news real quick. In uh, baseball, uh, the Cardinals got postponed so they need to play 55 games in 51 days Ooh, that's gonna be tough triple headers so bold strategy three inning let's see games. how it works out for them three yeah. inning games they gotta go seven to be official right all right that'll do it for us enough griping from me at least for this week until i learn some more stuff about this college football i'm this is not gonna be the last i talk about it because i'm very i'm very passionate about looking out for those kids because again they're kids until we say they're not doesn't make any sense until they get in trouble? All right. But then the football coaches get to hang around when they do all this all this nasty stuff? Oh, okay. 
Benefit of the doubt. Interesting. Interesting. Well, thank you very much, Luke Straub, for kicking it with us for the first half. DeWald. Wait, is Luke not here? He was. He was. He's gone. He pulled a magic trick. DeWald was here also. Frank, thank hey. you for your analytics. Yeah. Welcome. I have you, set, you okay, buddy? I have set myself with that last segment. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go home. It's a Friday, but I'm still going to be upset. We, we, we let you run with it, and now you're tired. I did. I'm, I'm like, I, I petered myself out. I'm like, damn it, man. Like, I'm so, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to think about what I should have said and didn't. So that's why, I, that's why I saved myself on the back end there where I was just like, this won't be the last time that we visit this. Because I know I'm definitely... You haven't gonna... heard the last of Jeff Woodward? No, not at all. I will have a day. All right. So, yes, for myself, for Mike DeWald, for Frank Summerall, and for Luke Straub. We'll see you next Friday.